This call may be recorded or transcribed. Good morning. Good morning. Great morning. Good morning. It's Destiny. Good morning, Mr. E.K. I'm your host this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Anybody else on? Hey. Good morning.
Thank you. Good, Good morning. morning, Brother Michael. Happy Friday. This is Happy Friday. Friday. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to hear you sound. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. It's Monica. Good morning, Monica. Happy Friday. Good morning, Sister Alicia. God bless everyone on the call. Happy Friday. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Happy Friday. Favorite Friday. Faith Friday. We're glad to hear your voice. Welcome, Mr. E.K. And welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning, anybody else? Welcome, welcome. Good morning, this is PR. Happy Friday. Good morning, is it PR, did you say? Yes. PR, good morning. Minister E.K. Dawson, welcome, welcome to the family. Welcome to Declaring Victory. Hallelujah. Hey, good morning, Brother E.K. It's Moxie. Good morning. Happy Friday. Hey, Moxie. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good Glad morning. to have you. Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Good morning. This is Declaring Victory. Glad to have you on the line. Favorite Friday. We're excited about what God is about to do today. Hallelujah. Anybody else on the line? Welcome in. Come on in. Good morning. It's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning to hear your wonderful voice. It's good to hear yours, too. You have a wonderful and blessed day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, one thing is I have a doctor's appointment this morning, so if you keep me in your prayers, I'd love it. Absolutely. We will. A doctor's appointment this morning. Susie, what time is that? Um... I think it's like 8 o'clock. Okay. All right. We'll be praying. Let me just double check my calendar here. Let's see. Um, 9.30. 9.30. All right. Yes. We'll be interceding. Thank you uh, so much. Prepare for you that everything will be easy and successful and that God will get the glory. And it's thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Brother E.K., can we also add um, to the prayer list, my dog also, she's going to the doctor today. She's been um, pooping blood, so I'm going to lift her up. Okay. All right. Her name Naomi. Naomi? Yeah. All right. All right. And we will be praying for Naomi. Hey, E.K., good morning. It's Dee Dee. Hey, Love you, brother. Love you, praying love you, for, love you. This praying for Vallejo. Oh, the school. I just Coach Jones listening up my my Vallejo family. I love you. Right. Right, 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 right. You know, I work with him and uh, I work in Vallejo and do the same thing that he does. And so, yeah, our hearts and minds go definitely to him and prayer. And yeah, you know, my husband is on the Richmond side doing that, so it's a, it's right. a warfare, and I stay in the yeah. the middle. So I'm just looking y'all up. Love you. Love you too, dear. Anybody else? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's a beautiful morning. Happy Friday. It's Krishonda. Happy Friday. You know, with this, with this family, you know, if you started, we're going to finish it, baby. It's a beautiful boy. Yeah. Ah, welcome, welcome. Glad to hear your voice. Good morning. It's Pretty Patrice. Happy Friday. Pretty Patrice. Wow. Good to hear your voice. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declaring Victory. All right. Well, it's almost our time uh, to get started. I'm excited as I have been. 
Uh, I'm on vacation, and uh, I'm sitting in here in my room excited to see what God is about to do this morning uh, down in San Diego. So uh, before we move forward, I want to ask you to uh, put your phone, please, ma'am, please, sir, to put your phone on on mute so that we can proceed. My name is Minister E.K. Dawson, and I'm your host this morning. And I want to thank you for joining us here on Declaring Victory. And we are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday. And we meet uh, at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're here to edify and to empower, to encourage, and even to equip you in your walk with Christ. So be sure to continue joining us through this month of September where our theme is disruption, amen, and it has been fabulous. Uh, And so all the declarations will be focused on the disruption on ourselves and and other items that are out uh, out of the will of God and his word. Um, This, there is one announcement, there is no Friday Night Live tonight, so join us next Friday on uh, the 23rd, the title will be restored. Again, there is no Friday Night Live tonight. And join us next Friday on the 23rd. Uh, and the title is Restored. Uh, and so we check the app. And there are no prayer requests on the app. Uh, uh, the order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Pastor Daryl Belcher. Again, prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Pastor Daryl Belcher. Uh, and the declaration will be brought by Pastor Darrell Belcher. Uh, and then we will go right into closing comments uh, by the declare. We will go then immediately right into closing comments, uh, for, which is hosted uh, by the declare. Uh, the scripture for today is Revelations 2 and 2. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and you cannot bear those or those who are evil, but have been tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found to be false. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing of his doing of his holy word. And at this time, we're going to ask you to put your phones, please, ma'am, and sir, check your phone. Please put it on mute. And now I pass the call to our next prayer warrior or to our prayer warrior. Amen. Well, good morning, Declare Victory. Uh, Again, we thank you all for being a part. I'm grateful to be able to lead us in the word of prayer. I do want to thank Minister E.K. Dawson for hosting and being able to set the platform and just his commitment, even on vacation in San Diego, for being able to still serve. So we thank God for him. So if all hearts and minds are in order, if you would simply bow your heads and open your hearts. Father, we come on this day, Lord God, first to give you thanks. Father, we rejoice, Lord God, in you and all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you are about to do. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that your Shekinah glory will show up strong right now on this call and in our lives like never before. Father, we thank you. For it is your glory, Lord God, that we were created. It's your glory, Lord God, that we live, we move, and we have our being. Everything we do, Lord God, is to bring you glory. So we pray on this morning, Father, that your Shekinah, Lord God, that the Kabod of God is able to feel this atmosphere like never before. Father, allow your weight to sit, Lord God, on this call in our lives your presence to be thick like never before. Father, I thank you that in the midst of all that is transpiring on today, that, Lord, you are still in control. God, we thank you right now that as we come praying for those that have doctor's appointments, that, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for the ability to go, the sense to know to go. And we thank you, Lord God, for the good report that will be brought out of that. We thank you, Lord God, praying even for our pets that have blood in stools, Lord God, that they are family, that, Lord, you allow your healing hands, Lord God, to be able to diagnose and allow cure and a diagnosis of a good report in that area. God, we come right now, Lord God, praying for the Valaro family, Lord God, that is transpiring on the West Coast. Lord, you know right now, Lord God, 
You know how to bring order to disorder. You know how to disrupt in order to bring, Lord God, that which has been already ordained in your will. But Father, we we lay our pretensions on your throne right now, Lord God, praying for unity, praying for peace, Lord God, praying right now, Lord God, that you would bring, Lord God, on us together, Lord God, so that we will have, Lord God, direction in where we are to go. And Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's on this line, that Lord God, whatever has not been shared audibly, but Lord God is top of mind. Whatever it is, we may not know, but you know. God, you know what the need is. You know what the request is. So God, I pray that you allow yourself to show strong in the lives of your people, not so that they can brag, but Lord, that we can be a walking billboard for you and your glory, Lord God. So God, we thank you on this day. Allow your word to come forth with power, understanding, Lord God. Allow it to meet each and every last one of us right where we are, Lord God, on this favorite Friday, Lord God. And Father, I just thank you right now as we prepare to fill this atmosphere with your glory, that we ask everyone to unmute your phones as we begin to send up our glory, our praise, our worship up to God, as we begin to fill this atmosphere. Hallelujah, Lord Thank you. 
And the goal is you want to give it new life because the goal is that you want to make that which is already outdated fresh and new. But realize that in order for a remodel to take place, then realize that a destruction or a disruption has to occur first, all because something at the end goal new is needed. Now, I believe that most of us on this morning have been or are going through a remodeling process that we have been or we are going through a divine destruction, a divine discipline, and a divine disruption. Because I believe that God is seeking to remodel some things that has either gotten old in our lives, have gotten worn in our lives, have gotten torn in our lives, maybe some things have gotten broken in our lives, Whatever it is, God is seeking in this disruption to remodel some things in order to bring it brand new and fresh. But let me be clear on this morning, Declare Victory, that whenever whenever God disrupts something, he disrupts something because he wants to reset something or he wants to remodel something that he wants to make something new that has gotten stale, something new that has gotten old or either broken up and ineffective. He lets us know during this process of disruption how bad a remodeling is needed. And so a disruption is occurring or has occurred in our lives, whether we like it, or not. And it's being disrupted because you and I can no longer do what we used to do the way we used to do it, watch this, with the folks who, who we, we, we used to do it with. All because God is interrupting our program and causing disruption. Now, here's the key on this morning. The key is that whenever God disrupts something in your life, in our world, that is always, and this is without exception, is done to highlight a spiritual over the physical. Let me say that again. Whenever God is disrupting something in your life or in your world, that is always without exception, is done to highlight the spiritual over the physical. You see, whenever God disrupts your life, your world, your physical realm in which we live, then realize what he's doing is that he's calling attention to a spiritual reality that we have allowed to get old and stale. It's where God somehow in our everyday lives have become too, too marginalized and that his principles have become too ignored for too long. So what he does, is that God disrupts things or he allows them to be disrupted because God has something fresh to say. Now, we will find in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, we'll find where Jesus has called his disciples to himself and that in the beginning of verse 29, Jesus was thrown a party. Let's look at the Gospel of Luke. Fifth chapter, verse number 25, I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version Bible, and the word of God reads, and Levi gave a big reception from him in his house, and there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at the table with them. So what we find here in the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, verse number 29, we find where Levi, the tax collector, he gave a big reception for Jesus at his house. And not only did he give this great reception for Jesus at his house, but that a great crowd showed up to participate in this reception as well. Now, I just want you to know by the way of introduction that Jesus didn't mind a party and realize that not only did Jesus not mind a party, 
but realize it was a great party, that it was a great reception, and there was a big crowd, and Jesus was the center and the life of the party. So Jesus comes to the party, and there are the crowds, and the crowd consisted of an interesting group of people that attended the party because we're told in the Bible, in Luke 5, 29, we're told that the group of people consisted of tax collectors and sinners. And this was not, as you look back in that particular time, this was not the approved crowd by the religious elite of that day. You see, the Pharisees, who considered themselves the, the religious elite of that day, they found out that there's this party going on in Jesus' honor. So what they did, they began to come and complain to the disciples. Let's find what they said in the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, verse number 30. It reads, the Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples, saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why do you, speaking of Jesus, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And that declared victory is where the Pharisees felt that, that, that the problem lied. It's because, first of all, you had a party going on. And then, second of all, we, the Pharisees, are not the main ones invited. But here, Jesus, he's, he's entertaining the tax collectors and the sinners who were the very people that the Pharisees, the religious elite, didn't even have time for. You see, Jesus, he, he had the nerve, the gall, to be eating and drinking and hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, people who they did not approve of. So the Pharisees, we find they have a problem with Jesus, and they have a problem with the group that he's fellowshipping with showing up to the party. But look at Luke 5:31, where the word of God reads, and Jesus answered and said to them, it is not those who are well, who need a physician, but those who are sick. Good God Almighty. Realize that it's not the well folks that need help, but it's the sick folks who need help. Let's look at verse number uh, 32. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, Jesus, what he's saying is that the reason I'm having this part, I want you to watch this, is I'm having this party because my party is designed to make a spiritual impact. You see, Jesus just didn't have a party to have a party. No. He has a party in order to make a spiritual impact, that wherever he go, lives will never be the same. You see, declare victory, we just don't show up to a party. We just don't show up on the prayer line. We just don't show up at work or in the marketplace just to show up. No. We show up because somebody's life is going to be spiritually impacted, and they will never be the same. Because what Jesus, he's not just calling out to the saints, but he's also after the sinners. So realize that this party, this party got purpose. This party, it has a, it has a priority. This, this party has a spiritual purpose to it, even though the Pharisees are complaining about it. But let's look and see what Luke 5 and 33 records. Luke 5 and 33, it says, And they said to him, the disciples of John often fast and offer prayers. The disciples of the Pharisees also do the same. But yours eat and drink. I think he's trying to get smart. I think they're trying to cut on Jesus. But here's another problem with that statement. They talk about we fast and we pray. We fast. You see, declare victory, I know you all know, fasting is the giving up of a craving of a physical 
for need in the spiritual. Let me say that again. Fasting is the giving up a craving of the physical for a need in the spiritual. That's what fasting is. And what the Pharisees are saying is that's what we do. We giving up a craving for the physical for a need for the spiritual. We do it. The religious leaders do it. Even John's disciples do it. And if you remember, John the Baptist's disciples were designed to get ready for the coming of Jesus. So the Pharisees said, we do it, they do it, we fast, but y'all are over there partying. Then we, the Pharisees, must be the real spiritual ones. Now realize that what they're bringing up what they're bringing up is that they believe that their religious commitment is greater than all the people who attended the party. Because they brought up, we fast. And there is no way that we should be out here partying. Because we, the Pharisees, we out here praying, we out here bowing our heads, we out here giving up food instead of partying with tax collectors and sinners. Now, declare victory. Did you know that there was only one required fast in the Bible? Were you aware that there's only one required fast? And it's found in the book of Leviticus, 16 chapter, verse number 29 through 31. And that and there listed in Leviticus 16, 29 through 31 was the only required fast that there was no other required fast in the Bible but that one. And that required fast was called Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, which means the Day of Atonement. It was done that in order for the people to get right with God, to have their sins addressed, that they were to uh, make sure that this was the one fast that was required. So that every other fast in the Bible, watch this, was voluntary and not demanded. And those fasts, when they happened on a voluntary basis, because there was either a great crisis that they were enduring in their life, maybe there was a great grief that they were experiencing, or maybe they had a great need that they needed to seek God for, that they needed the additional presence of God, which is the supernatural to invade their circumstance and their situation. But understand on this morning, those were never required because only one fast was required. But what the Pharisees were doing, what they were doing was making fasting a requirement. You see, what they did is they took a command and they turned it into a requirement and they made it such a big requirement that they required others to not only fast when they said so, but they required others to fast twice a week. Let's look at Luke 18, verse number 10 through 12. If you have your Bibles, your devices, Luke chapter 18, verse number 10 through 12. The word of God reads, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Verse 11. The Pharisee stood and was praying to himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, even like this tax collector. Verse 12, because I fast twice a week, I pay tithes of all that I get. So what we have here is that the Pharisees believe that what makes them acceptable or what makes them better than anybody else is simply by looking at their religious activity. What made them special, what made them better than everybody else is looking at what they did in their religious activity, all because they boasted they fasted twice a week. And what these religious leaders had done, what they had done was take a biblical principle and they it with human addiction. And that is what we simply call religion. Let me say that one more time. Whenever you take a biblical principle and you stack it with human addiction, that 
my friend, is what we call religion. It's because false religion is where you pour on man-made additions to God's requirement to make you somehow feel more acceptable to God than anybody else. So what they did is they took a principle that came from God, but they kept on adding stuff to it so that it was no longer of God, but what it was, it was originated out of man. But because God's name was attached to it, they made it sound spiritual. They made it look spiritual. They made it feel spiritual. They made it sound legitimate. And so they made religion a big deal, centered in this case in fasting. And so as far as they were concerned, Jesus was violating the religious order of that day. And you know what's unfortunate on this morning? What's unfortunate is that many people think that just because they carry out religious performances, but just like the Pharisees, be duped into rituals at the expense of a relationship. It's where doing the eternal when nothing is happening on the internal. Good God Almighty. And thus God has to dismantle us or disrupt all of our programs. We find in the Gospel of Mark, the seventh chapter, verse number six through eight, we find in Mark seven, six through eight, the word saying, and he said to them, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctoring the precepts of men, neglecting the commandments of God. You hold to the traditions of men. Now, what Jesus is simply saying is that all these people, that all these people do, all of this external stuff, yet their hearts are so far away from me. All because they're not in relationship with me. And what's unfortunate is that there are many Christians of the day who are being duped by religion in the name of God without really experiencing the reality of God. And so what God has to do is God has to disrupt us and mess with our religion. You see, disruption is designed for us to relook at some things in our lives that are stale, that are old, that are worn, that are ineffective, that are man-made in order to make sure that we are experiencing the reality of God. It is disruption to help us to reanalyze things personally and collectively so that we just don't have a form of godliness so that our religious orders would not replace our spiritual intimacy and our spiritual relationships. And that, declared victory, was the complaint on this morning. And that was their concern of the Pharisees because they were too much into their rituals and yet not experiencing the reality of God. That was the problem. But now, of course, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, Jesus is going to help them out because he's going to go get deep on them in order to do so. Now watch this. Let's look at Luke 5.34. Luke 5.34, it says, and Jesus said to them, you cannot make the attendance of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them, can you? You see, Jesus said that when the bridegroom is there, the bridegroom is here, you don't fast. And who is the bridegroom? Jesus is the bridegroom. Why? It's because Jesus' church, his church, our church, my church, is the bride of Jesus Christ. So he says that you don't fast when the bridegroom is here. And what is the bridegroom getting ready for? He's getting ready for a wedding. Now, <clears throat> I have done so many weddings, and I've never been to 
a wedding that did not have any food. I've never been to a wedding, never officiated a wedding, without there being something to eat and something to drink. It's because a wedding is a party. You see, a wedding is a celebration. And the groomsmen, they are partying. Why? It's because they're excited about the bridegroom. And there's only one time that you wouldn't party at a wedding. The one time you wouldn't party at a wedding is if you disagreed with the person that the man was marrying. And then you probably wouldn't even show up. But when you go to a wedding, you are going to a celebration. You're going to a party. And Jesus says that at a celebration, you do not fast because the bridegroom is here and there is no need to fast. Now follow this. Let's look at Luke 5.35. It says, but the days will come and when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then they will fast in those days. Now, when the bridegroom, who is Jesus, is taken away, when was the bridegroom who is Jesus taken away? It was on the cross of Calvary. You see, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, the bridegroom was taken away. And because the bridegroom was taken away, the disciples fled because they were afraid. And it was no longer party time because they were running for their lives, fearing that they would be next to be executed. So this was not the time for a party during the crucifixion when Jesus was taken away from the disciples. But when the resurrection occurred, God Almighty, it's party time again. Then it's eating time again, and it's celebration time again, because the one who had died had now rose with all power in his hand. So Jesus, he uses this to go on to make a powerful point about your religion and my religion. He says, the point I'm trying to make is we got to reset this thing. Because, watch this, the closer you are to the bridegroom, then the more celebration you're going to be doing with your life. But the further you are from the bridegroom will keep your religion going in which you will not experience anything. Because what Jesus is trying to get us to see is that it has to do with whether the bridegroom is there or not. And realize that it all has to do with your spiritual proximity to Jesus. So what God is saying is that in the midst of spiritual disruption, what he's trying to do in our lives is to make it more about him than it is about us. So realize that the closer you get to the bridegroom, the more celebration that you're going to be doing with your life, regardless of what you're up against, because you're close to the bridegroom. But the further you are from the bridegroom, when you're walking in religion and you don't have a real relationship with him, then you can keep your religious going, but you will never experience anything fulfilling. All because it has to do with whether the bridegroom is there or not. And that this disruption that God wants us to go through is in order to reset our spiritual priorities to a relationship with him. Now, as I get ready to bring this message to a close, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something as we prepare for closing comments and greeting. I want you to look at Luke 5, 36 through 39. As we look at Luke 5, 36 through 39, I want you to look at the word new, because I want you to look at all the times the word new shows up. Let's look at Luke 5, 36 through 38. I'm sorry, Luke 5, 36 through 30, 30, uh, 39, I'm sorry. And he was also telling them a parable. Not one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, he will tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. Verse 37, and no one puts new <clears throat> wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine 
will burst the skin and it will be spilled out. And the skins will be ruined, verse 38. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wishes new, for he says the old is good enough. Now, that was a whole lot to take in, but let me see if I can break that down very quickly. So the focus of what Jesus is saying is this. Jesus is saying that I, the bridegroom, I have come in order to bring you something new. Because you cannot tear a new cloth and mix it with an old garment, because if you try to tear a new garment and mix it with an old garment, it will not match. You cannot put new wine in old wineskin, because either the wineskin will burst or it will spoil. Understand that whenever you put new wine into old wine skin, that new wine going through fermentation process, it exudes a gaseous uh, odor or gaseous compound that will expand the old wine skin and will cause it to burst and the wine will spoil. You see, what Jesus is saying, Jesus is not trying to get you to fix up something old. But what he is doing is he's causing a divine disruption by tearing up religious orders and all of the stuff that's been stacked on top of it that's been holding you and I hostage for so long. You see, that's the old. But what Jesus is doing is that he's starting the remodeling process, which is divine disruption of bringing you something new and fresh in your and my life. All because God wants to make something new that has gotten stale and has gotten old. Maybe your prayer life has gotten stale or gotten old. Maybe your relationship, your passion for God and following his God has gotten stale and old. Or maybe it's broken up and ineffective. Jesus has come to allow divine disruption to let us know simply how bad a divine disruption is needed in all of our lives. And that is our word for today. Father, I thank you right now for your word, which is truth. I thank you, Lord God, for this disruption, your divine disruption, Lord God, that has come, Lord God, to meet us at the point of extracting, Lord God, all that which is old, stale, worn out, mindsets which are stale, old, worn out, that has been stacked upon in religion, that you come to bring us something fresh and new, that you are challenging our theology right where we are. And God, we are submissive to what you're doing in this day and through this process. Father, I thank you right now for each and every person that is going through disruption. I thank you, Lord God, that you give us the strength to allow our mindsets to be open, Lord God, to what you're doing, to give us the strength, Lord God, to be able to partner in what you're causing in this new season. Allow us to no longer operate in the old, but to now see things fresh and anew and to draw closer to the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Father, we glorify you, we honor you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen. Well, my brothers and sisters, that is the declaration on this morning. I pray that God was able to allow his word to meet you right where you are and not only meet you where you are but lift you out of a old, stale, worn situation and, re and ready to get in receiving mode for something new and fresh. So at this time, if you did not have an opportunity to part greetings and say good morning, we're going to allow you this time to do so. Good morning, Sunshine. Happy Friday. Many blessings, family. Good morning, Sunshine. Thank you. Anyone else? Good morning. This is Mary. Great decoration. God bless you, Mary. Good to hear from you. Amen. Anyone else? Good morning, Thank you. Great declaration. God bless you. Thank you as well. And I believe you were also, we had another sister. Good morning, Pastor Belcher. Awesome message. 
and hit me right where I need to be hit. God bless you, sir. Love you. God bless you, too. Love you, too. And it's been hitting me all week. Amen. Anyone else? Good morning, Krishanda. Amen. Good morning, Krishanda. I heard your name, Krishanda. Good morning. And then I believe there was one other person. It's one of your favorite reps, Christina. <laughs> hey, Christina. Girl, still trying to recruit you. <laughs> good morning, Christina. Joy, it is so good to hear from you. Amen. Anyone else? Good morning, Pastor Blesher. It's Rochelle. I'm so glad that Jesus favored me on this favorite Friday. God bless you with your declaration. God bless you, Rochelle, and thank you for all that you do as always. Amen. Anyone else? Good morning. God bless you all this morning. God bless you, sir. Thank you for joining in. Hey, Pastor Didi. Good morning. Hey, Didi. Good morning. Good to hear from you as always. You too, sir. That was five years. Oh, my. It's been burning at me all week. (laughs) Amen. Anyone else? Good morning, Pastor. It's Gloria. It's Gloria. Uh, Thank you for that word. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you, glorious Gloria. Again, thank you for the well tidings and the exhortations. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Amen. Then we're going to move towards any comments, any closing comments, any feedback anyone wants to share, anything that has blessed or resonated within your spirit. Amen. The silence means that and the job was well done and that everybody has received. Amen. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor. I thank God for you on this morning for the word of God, for the people of God. This is Miss Tony. You did hear the nail on the head. I was just speaking about on yesterday. They served me with their lips, but their hearts are far from it. <laughs> I said, that is confirmation. I just spoke about that on yesterday. I thank God every morning when I get on this line, someone says something that I have already said during the week, but that lets me know I'm on the right track with the Lord. But what came to my mind was Revelation 22. Amen. That scripture when Jesus said, I will come quickly. And whatever you are doing, if you are filthy, be filthy still. And if you are holy, Be holy still. If you're righteous, be righteous still. He's not going to stop you from doing whatever you want to do. He say, be, still do it. But I will come and I will judge the righteous. So I thank God we need to get it right. We are too busy to be doing wrong now. I mean, we just need to get it right, be accountable for one another, and get on the right track. Amen. And I love the way you preach. I always ask Minister Jerry, mm-hmm. is that our country, friend? I just love the way you preach the unadulterated gospel. I always ask, is that our country, friend? Because we New Orleans. And I'm like, I love it. I love it. So I just thank God every time I hear your voice. Amen. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> The same here, woman of God. I love you so much. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) I love it. My country, I love it. Amen. Thank you for the word as well, too. That was awesome. You're welcome. Amen. Can you hear me? I can. (laughs) Hey, my God today. Oh, Lord Jesus, you said so much from the... (laughs) the partying at the wedding and just everything about the external versus the internal. And I was like, wow, God, that religiosity got so many people stuck. And when you were mm-hmm. talking about how the Pharisee was praying, I this, I that, I it, listen, this morning, I promise you, I get to work at six, driving to work, seeing these homeless people, I just began to cry. I was like, Lord, I'm tired, but I don't have a complaint because I'm in a car driving to a job that has red and light water. I have to go to the doctor today, but I'm not going to complain about that because there's people who can't even go to the doctor, right? So it's like right. no grumbling, no complaining. No, it's because it, it, my internal, I don't care how this external looks, the internal needs to match. 
so that I'm not sounding like a Pharisee. In fact, you know, all of that, you are so amazing with your teaching that it's just a check. This whole month has been a disruption. Um, moving out of a house I've been in for eight years that I didn't see coming, at first the same thing, that complaining came, but I was like, oh, you're doing a new thing. So when you're talking about the new wine, I was like, go ahead, because it all lines up and it makes sense. When I tell you I don't have a complaint, I am dancing around this school, pine saw, I'm probably OD with some pine saw and some sticky sticks. God be the glory to you, man of God. I love you. And I was born and raised in Richmond, but sometimes people think I got a country, you know, I sound a little bit like my mama from Arkansas and my daddy from North Carolina. So I love you. Thank you for your work. I love you too, Sister Didi, and miss you, but praying that again, where God took you in L.A. and the West Coast, that you're doing a powerful work out there as well. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else? Pastor Duros Rochelle, again, I just thank God for, um, you know, you just bringing and helping us to see once again that Jesus came to disrupt <laughs> all that natural, all that self, you know, <laughs> and made us selfless because everything is done through him, by him, for him, and because of him. Nothing was made without him. So we have to, you know, just stand in that place. And and when we start, you know, uh, Dion always say that's stinking thinking. But I got that way back in high school with my science teacher. And he was like, you got to, don't come in here with that stinking thinking. Come in here with your mind, with the expectation of what it is. Don't, you know, we always want to put, our thoughts, what we think, how we think it should go, but negating the facts of it all. And Jesus is the fact. So to God be the glory for your declaration. I thank you that he, you know, beat you up all week (laughs) so you can bring it to us so we can get the revelation. (laughs) It's so amazing that he loves us so much that he wouldn't have us ignorant, that he constantly shows us how much he sacrificed God's mm-hmm. love, He God shows his love so much, and we just need to grasp onto that and know that there is nothing that is impossible for God to do if we allow ourselves to walk in the things that he tells us to walk in, his principles, his precepts, his, and just be obedient to his word. So thank you again. It's, it's always an eye-opener when, you know, he kind of thump you behind your head and be like, hey. You didn't hear what I said? Here it is again. So to God be the glory. To God be the glory, sis. Thank you for sharing again as well. Anyone else on this morning? You know, it's Krishanda. Good morning. Great declaration. Thank you. So I didn't mean to say you know like that, but I was just, the the, you know was the pondering. So you started off talking about remodeling. And I was thinking about across the street from my house is um, they're doing some construction and they blocked off the roads um, so that, you know, that trucks can come in, et cetera, et cetera. And Mm -hmm. just as the discussion was happening, I was thinking about how you, when they put up the barriers, you have to go a different way. When God, like, really, Mm. you know, disrupts. You, mm-hmm. And then you go a different way, and then you see things that you may not have seen before, like, ah, I didn't know that was there, or I didn't know wow. that was in me, or, <laughs> wow. he, or or I didn't know so many things. Um, and so thank God for the disruption. Thank God for the detours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for sharing that. It blessed my spirit. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else on this morning? Pastor Belcher? Yes. It's Adrian. So, you know, I loved every minute of it. I'd love to see that even more. These women are blowing me away. My spirit is so full. Of course, you know, I do love your southern swagger. You know, how you do in Georgia. But overall, I love the message. It was timely. It was definitely a rhema word. Uh, the structure of the of the sermon was just flawless. I wish I could preach like that. And, um, <laughs> you will and better. You will and better. God is no respecter person. All right. Amen. I received that. What I really like is the fact that you gave us a nudge, a gentle reminder of what God wants to do in the earth. And I think some people still didn't get it. 
after COVID and the quarantine yeah. and all the things that yeah. are going on, God is speaking and he's telling us, okay, I want something fresh. I want this. I want that. He's, he's telling us this. And I think a lot of people are still just doing business as usual. So thank you for reminding us of that. Thank you for the time that you labored in this word because it's really, really resonating. Thank you so much. Amen. Elder Curry, I thank you so much for joining as well. She's one of the elders of our church here in Atlanta at Proceeding Word. She's a gangster minister, y'all. I tell her, stop jacking up, folks. Amen. But she is so loved, and I appreciate you so much for joining on this morning. Anyone else? Amen. And it sounds like all hearts and minds are in order. I'm going to ask at this time if you all would, again, on this favorite Friday, bow your heads, open your hearts, and I pray that you all have a phenomenal weekend as well as a week to come. Amen. Father, I thank you right now, Lord God, for your disruption. Thank you for the love, Lord God. Thank you for not sparing the rod and spoiling the child. Thank you that you love us enough to bring us out of our current circumstance to put us into something fresh and new. I thank you, Lord God, that this disruption, Lord God, this reset, this remodeling, I thank you, Lord God, it shows us how bad it is needed. And we thank you, Lord, that we're able to receive it openly, honestly, Lord God, with conviction, Lord God, and a spirit, Lord God, of wanting to do better and be better. Lord, I thank you right now for all of the brothers and sisters on this line that you cover them with your angelic protection, Lord God. I pray that no hurt, harm, or danger will ever come up against them. I pray for their families, Lord God, and even those that they have impact on around them, the Lord God, you allow angels to cover and protect them as well. And Lord, we just thank you that not we not just be hearers of your word, but Father, we take these spiritual nuggets that we receive from their declare victory, and we implement them into all areas of our lives. And, God, we will forever give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. It's in your darling, immaculate son, Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Have a blessed weekend. Bless you.